Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Well, well, well. Well, well. Jim Trotter, the man of, of many outfits and many styles, the, the hatted golf-playing Jim Trotter, you, you've been on the car. You, you either go into the golf course after this, or you just come from the golf course. Which one is it? Which one is it? Let Trotter? me tell you. You, tell no, no, you know, I'm like, I'm never going to lie to you. I, I just left with four holes remaining so that I could join you, Michael Holly. That's how much I love hey. you. So I got off. That means you were. And by the way, let, that means the round was. Me it wasn't a great round. No, it wasn't a great round. No, That's the why round, you left. The, no, the round was good. This is uh, Palo Alto Hills Country Club, which I got to say is a tremendous track. So from my standpoint, look, you know this, Michael, one of the greatest things about our jobs, or at least, you know, when you were a sports writer out in the field, is our ability to work remotely, which means that I can get out and play around the golf and still do the work that I have to do uh, to stay employed. So I want to thank Palo Alto Hills Country Club for bringing me out. And man, and now I get to be with you. Hey, what, what's better than that, hey, man? That's a great that's day. That's great. Hey, listen. And sometimes, just to, just to uh, elaborate on that, sometimes it's one and the same. Sometimes you can get work done while playing golf, depending on who your golf partner is. A lot of NFL deals get done that way. Hey, Jim, I, I'm thinking about the Let news today. Let me tell today. you, there, there, was, there, Go there, was some work going, there was some work going on on the course today. Oh, I know. Oh, Trust I know, me. I know. I, I, okay. Listen, you get you, you get those scoops. You just don't get those scoops just by sitting around. You get those scoops in a variety of ways. And so one day when you write your memoir, you're going to tell us all about it. How, you know, give us the anatomy of the, the great Trotter scoops and how they went down right. on the golf course at, at, <laughs> at Palo Alto, uh, at Palo Alto Country Club. So there will be um, no memoir yeah, from this end, my brother. No. There will be no memoir. I was thinking about the news. <laughs> the news today, man, puts me in this mind where I say in every relationship, whether it's individual or corporate relationship, there's always going to be somebody who says, why them and not me? That people sure. probably said that to you when you uh, married your lovely wife. Hey, why, why, why him? <laughs> okay, <laughs> why, why him and, and not me? Exactly. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure there was some of that. Or, hey, Jim, let's not hate. Let's 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 not delude ourselves. Even in our business, you talk about how great it is to work remotely and to uh, travel all over the world and and see some great athletic feats. Some of the jobs you've had, you've worked at some of the great companies. NFL Network, ESPN, yeah, yeah, Sports Illustrated. You've been at some some iconic names in the business. Some of the same people who sent you congratulatory text put that phone down and said, "Damn, why Trotter <laughs> and not me?" Okay, so I understand. I understand. There's a lot of that going on. So I, I, I'm getting this. Is what I'm getting at. Carolina Panthers. 
hired Frank Reich today as their head coach. Frank Reich was hired over the interim guy, Steve Wilkes. Now, I can understand if David Tepper, I guess, I can understand if David Tepper had gone for a bigger name. Steve Wilkes is not a big name. Uh, yeah, I think football people understand what he has and the value that he has. But uh, your average fan is not saying, hey, you got to go out and get Steve Wilkes. Frank Reich is a bigger name than Steve Steve Wilkes, but it's not huge, but a bigger name than Frank Reich's. And, and some of you have been listening to some of you people. Some of you people are really fascinated with uh, a coach who won a Super Bowl in the pre-IG, pre-TikTok era. Uh, that would be Sean Payton. Yeah, I'm hating. Hating on Payton. Um, so if, if you wanted Sean Payton, everybody's darling, media darling, Sean Payton, I guess I can understand it. But Jim, I keep looking at this and I look at what Frank Reich did in his last job and what Steve Wilkes did in his last job. They both were dealing with problematic offenses and organizations and starts that didn't reflect what, what ownership expected. And one guy did a better job than the other. And the guy who did the better job was Frank Reich in Carolina. Yet, You're talking about Steve Wilkes. I mean, excuse me, Steve Wilkes in Carolina. Yet Frank right. Reich comes in and takes the job that Steve Wilkes not only kept warm, but made more appealing than we thought a few months ago. I this is it's it's not surprising. I just want to point this out. It's not surprising. It's disappointing. I've seen this story before. It's just another chapter in a very long book that was started before you or I uh, stepped onto this planet. So I'm just wondering what you see or, or what your what your observations are when you look at Carolina Panthers hiring their next head coach and it is Frank Reich. Well, when you say number one that it's another chapter in the story, part of me says it is also another example A in Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL for discriminatory hiring practices, of which Steve Wilkes signed on to that class action lawsuit. So I think that somehow this will come up at some point in that lawsuit. Let me say this first off before we get too deep into it. I think Frank Wright is a good coach. I really do. Yep. Um, yep. Is he the guy? Is he the guy that I would have chosen? No, not in this case. I believe that Steve Wilkes earned this job. Here's the other thing. Steve Wilkes, you knew, was not going to get this job a couple of different ways. Number one, when he was hired as the interim coach, what did David Tepper, the owner, say? Steve Wilkes would have to do a quote-unquote incredible job, end quote, to even be considered for the job. So right away, you knew that he was not the guy that David Tepper was interested in hiring. Hmm. Then at the yeah. end of the season, after he has this club in playoff contention, admittedly in a bad division, but bad with division, one week right. to go, in one week to go in the season, they are playing for the division title, right? Who could have predicted that when that team was one in five, when they had traded away their best player, Christian McCaffrey, when they were going to playing musical chairs with quarterbacks, whether it was Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, or Sam Darnold. When Steve Wilkes had to fire a couple of coaches who he felt were not on the same page with him because they were tied to Matt Rule. 
all of those things working against him and what happens the team goes six and six under him and again with one week to go is in position to compete for the division title in my mind i tend to think that's a pretty incredible job because i don't think anyone saw that coming and yet what happens he doesn't get this job even though he is a local guy from that area he is respected and beloved his players came out in support of him getting that job just as say charger players came out in support of brandon staley keeping his job um so when you add it all up to me this again shows me that steve never had a chance at this job and again remember you and i talked about it on this show what happened after the final game of the regular season considering the oh, great work that steve wilkes had done yeah, and the owner right didn't yep. even show up to the game. Didn't even show up to the game to say thank you, players. Th- thank you, Steve Wilkes, for not throwing in the towel on this season, right? So, none, as you say, none of this is shocking or surprising, but it is incredibly disappointing, particularly for a coach who I believe had earned the opportunity to have this job. And you said in this case, and I agree with you. Yeah, Frank Reich is a good coach. He's good. He's a good coach, but right. to use to use David Tepper's word, not incredible. Not incredible. No. Uh, do you realize Frank Reich uh, in the NFC South, uh, excuse me, AFC South, they never won that division. He didn't have a division. T- he didn't have a division title uh, on his resume. Um, he has not been someone who has developed a quarterback. As a matter of fact, he usually brings in the older quarterback. I know Andrew Luck left, not his fault. But Andrew Luck was out, and they had Phillip Rivers for a season, and they had Carson Wentz, his guy, his guy Carson Wentz, but that was a disaster. He stood on the table for Carson Wentz and wound up apologizing to Jim Ursay. More on him in a second. Went up, wound up apologizing to Jim Ursay for saying, hey, Carson Wentz is our guy. Wentz but let me came say this in. to the you. Numbers, the numbers, the numbers yes. look good, but they they were turned off by him, and they traded him out. Then they bring in Matt Ryan. That didn't work. And then they said that was goodbye. It was goodbye to Frank Reich after that. Right, but Michael, but this, this say is something, something I just want to. Yeah, I just want to ask you about this or make this point to you too, in terms of the media's culpability and how these coaches are portrayed publicly. So when I'm reading a story today about Matt, uh, or I'm sorry, Frank Reich being hired. It talks about how he was with Philadelphia when Carson Wentz had that MVP season. Um, um, yeah. He didn't win the MVP, but he was in line, a front runner to yeah. win that MVP and whatnot, and whatnot. But it never says, well, when he had Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, Carson didn't do squat. So it's interesting that we're praising him for having Carson when Carson did well, but we don't mention how poorly Carson played when Frank was the head coach and Carson was under his tutelage there. So I think in terms of how we portray these 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 coaching candidates yeah. and the perceptions that people have of them, we in the media are culpable in terms of guys like Steve Wilkes not getting the true opportunity that they deserve because we sugarcoat for some, but not for others. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. I, you know, okay. I and. and and, and Jim, I agree with you. I agree. I agree that we could do a better job. We could all do a better job of being more precise in our descriptions and being more thorough when we talk about these candidates and these coaches. So as you pointed out, great example. If you're going to talk, if you're going to give Frank Wright credit for 
getting Carson Wentz to an MVP type uh, level in Philadelphia right. in 2017, then you also have to tell the story of, well, Frank Reich was also the guy who finished second at best. Second in the AFC South his entire time there, never won the division, and had to apologize to the owner. This is actually, I didn't make this up. This is a, it's a fact. He had apologized to the owner for bringing in Carson Wentz. But uh, the reason I say to a degree is, I, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, and I, I, I can't be too specific because it's a little sensitive, a little sensitive. And, you know, it's maybe a personnel issue. I, may, I maybe shouldn't be saying all the details. So I'll speak in general, in general. You know, so, you know I love uh, story time with Michael Holler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I'll, story I'll, time I'll with in, Michael Holler. I'll speak in general. I'll speak in general. So Boston University, uh, where I teach sometimes at, at BU, they were in the midst of hiring some new professors. And they brought one professor in who happened to be Afri- African American, brought candidate in. And they were talking to her about the department and how the department lacked, frankly, black people <laughs> uh, in, in positions of authority. And they were talking, hey, we got to be better. They, they were saying all these things, we got to be better. And she kept asking the same question. But why is it? But why are you in this situation right now? I, 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 I want to hear you. you. You can tell me about how you need to be better and how you need to be stronger and you're committed to this. But I want you to give me the why. And I loved her style. I loved her approach because what she was getting at is you tell me. I want to hear it in your words. I'm not going to allow you to hide behind DEI. I'm not going to allow you to hide behind all these catchphrases and all this stuff and how you feel this and you feel that. No, tell me why. Get, show your work. Give me an explanation. So we could talk about the media and we could talk about the Rooney rule, but why? I, get, give me a why. Give me a why, owners. Why do you find yourself in this position? They don't like to be told what to do. They don't like the Rooney rule. Don't tell me what to do with my team. Let me do what I'm going to do. So when we watch you do what you do, you do the same thing over and over. We've seen it over and over. It's not the media. It's them. It's their oh, lack of, no question. I don't know what it is. It, it, maybe their lack of uh, trust lack of comfort, lack of belief that somebody like Steve Wilkes can have a vision for a program and amazing. You're right. It was incredible. What you know what he was able to do without training camp and without a good quarterback. He was able to make a team competitive. He was able to come up with a vision overnight. He didn't know Matt rule was going to be fired when he was going to be fired. He didn't know Christian McCaffrey was going to be traded traded and Robbie Anderson, not a great player, but like a third, good third or fourth receiver. They it looked like they were about to tear this thing down. He didn't know they were going to have to release Baker Mayfield and that Sam Darnold would get hurt and that a PJ Walker would be his guy. And on the run, he kind of cobbled it together and made them competitive. So he changed a culture. Is that he changed a culture? Is that not enough? Is that not enough? So I, I and, and Burt Breer, you know, is my guy. Burt Breer is my guy. Friend of the show, brother of the show. He's a Buckeye. He's got good judgment, good intelligence. 
But put that tweet up again. That, pe- that tweet, and he's just going with the information he was given. That, that tweet pisses me off. The Panthers have felt like with a young core headed by Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chen, oh, Derek Brown, Ikihekoanwu, and D.J. Moore. They could offer a coach a place where if you could find a quarterback, you could win right away. Okay. So you're telling me that Steve Wilkes did not have a quarterback. And all the things I just said still happen. He didn't have a quarterback. Steve, no, he didn't have training camp. Training camp is huge. He didn't have his own staff. That's huge. See, but Michael, no this is why I say to you, we in the media are culpable in this as well because we put out stuff like this and we feed this to the public. It's just, it's truly infuriating. And I like Bert and I think he does a great job and all of that, but I agree with you 100% on this. So now this news, now Frank will get to get it. He will get to select or bring in a quarterback and all these other pieces are in place. And if they have success, then he's the savior. Well, I would like to see what Steve Wilkes could do if he had a quarterback to go with this young talent that they have defensively. Why not give him that opportunity, which, again, he has earned. He's not asking for anything that he did not earn. But that's the kind of stuff that's infuriating to me because, again, we don't focus on what the real story is there, you know? And 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 we create these to me false narratives. Um, Steve, I can't use the word that I want to use on a family show, but Steve Wilson was done yeah, sure wrong can. here. We, he was hey, done we wrong are a family here. show. We're a family show, but it's he a family show wrong. where, hey, I don't know what kind of families, uh, what kind of family you come from. Okay, kind of family I come from. Yeah, there's some nice stuff up in the living room. Then downstairs aunts and uncles who've had a little something to drink, a little music playing, maybe got some card games going, playing some dominoes. They say some stuff. They say some stuff that, oh, okay, oh, honey, go to bed. You don't want to hear them talking. <laughs> They're talking. So go, you can say it. It's all in the same house. We're moving from the living Look, room to the, to, the, to, the, <laughs> to the basement. So go ahead. Say what you got to say. Bro, Steve Wilkes got screwed, Okay. Steve yeah. will say I screwed. Because let me say this to you. So, so now the narrative is that David Tepper wanted an offensive-minded coach, right? Never mind that Matt Rule, who he hand-selected himself, had an offensive background at Temple, right? But he wants yeah, an offensive-minded million dollars coach. Too. Still paying him. And still paying him. I know for a fact wow. who, who Steve Wilkes was considering for his offensive coordinator position. I know some of the names that are on that list. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. They are quality names. So to say you need an offensive-minded head coach, to me, is just foolish thinking again on the parts of owners who don't ask the question of what does it t- what, what is required of a head coach to be successful? And do you create a list of the things that you need or your vision for what is required for a head coach to be successful? Tony Dundee, who you've had on the show, has spoken on this before publicly to me about it and whatnot and says NFL owners do not know how to hire head coaches and the NFL should have a class to help them. And I have said this, I think to you, if not to you, I know I've said it elsewhere and written it. If I were in charge of the NFL, forget all this Rooney rule stuff that we know is just window dressing. I would say to NFL owners, here's what I need for you before you ever do a head coaching search. I need you to put down in writing 
what it is that you are looking for in a head coach. All of the traits. Do you want someone older or younger? Someone with previous experience, no experience. Just someone who's hands-on, someone who's a, who delegates, a teacher, or someone, again, who allows others to teach. All these, all, put it all down. Defense, offense, especially whatever. And then start your interview process. And when you get through your interview process then and you make your selection, go back and look at that list and say, how many of these boxes in terms of the vision that you have for your head coach, did you actually check? Or did you get carried away with a name and simply want to win a press conference or hire someone that consultants are telling you is the hot name so that you can then say to your public in two years when that coach flames out, don't be mad at me. I hired who the media and the consultant said I should hire. These are the hot names, you know? And and that's what we see here. Think about this. On average, since 2000, there have been seven head coaching changes per year. On average, that is nearly a quarter of your league is changing its head coaches every year. If that does not tell you that your blueprint is flawed in terms of how you run your organizations and your business, I don't know what else would tell you that. Well, last thing I'll say as we head to break, last thing I'll say is that uh, Jim, this year, I could be wrong, but this year on my best year money, I won more than I lost, barely. Won more than I lost. That means, hey, going against the spread, I did all right. So I'm going to give you a my bets, your money on Thursday. Today's Thursday, right? Here's a, here's a Thursday, my bets, your money. I will bet you that the new head coach in Indianapolis to bring this full circle will be Jeff Saturday. So think about that. One interim guy did a disastrous job. He's going to get hired. <laughs> One interim guy did an incredible job, and he's moving on. Brother from another rolls on. We'll talk some hoops coming up. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, incredible, there's that word again, but this is, this is actual. It actually was an incredible piece. 
in the athletic and why the Warriors are in danger of losing Bob Myers. You NBA fans know Bob Myers, a former agent, but is the general manager of the Warriors and a general manager who has done some pretty uh, fantastic stuff. His time in the Bay Area has presided over the current dynasty. Like the dynasty's not over. There's, it's a dynasty. The Warriors dynasty. He's brought in some key players. He has the respect of those key players. But Bob Myers might be out the door. And Anthony Slater is one of the writers who uh, put this piece together. And Anthony, I'm uh, uh, wondering why. Okay, let's just start right there. Welcome to the show. And why is Bob Myers going to be out potentially? I think it's a multitude of reasons, um, which we kind of had to lay out in, in deeper context. But, you know, as most things starts, I think it starts with money. He is not the highest paid GM in the league, even though you could pretty easily argue he's been the most successful GM over the last decade. Uh, and he, you know, Lake of Joe Lake of the owner contends that he's top three, you know, the other side contends he's not top three. You know, I think there's some incentives and base salary disputing within that. Um, so that's kind of at the heart, like, you know, pay me like I am Bob Myers uh, in a sense, but also direction of the franchise. I mean, I think anyone that follows the Warriors on even a semi-regular basis c can see this two timeline clash that's going on and, and, you know, ownership kind of having this vision to pivot off the, you know, dynasty era to the next era. And I think Bob deciding, do I want to be a part of that? You know, am I the one that maybe is going to have to ax some very popular heads in the next year or two? And also he's just, I, you know, I think at the point where he's also thinking about what's next for him, he's super successful. He's, you know, super well liked, not even just uh, in the NBA community, but, you know, Silicon Valley, all that. So I think that's all coming to a head. I thought it was a fabulous piece that you guys did as, as a um, someone who was born in San Francisco, someone who was a lifelong Warriors fan, someone who attended games as a, as a kid and, and actually someone who was there last night at the game. And to be around people and talk about them. Um, I thought it was a tremendous job you guys did in terms of pulling back the curtain on some of the stuff that's going on. Um, I'll ask you this. The dichotomy in terms of, of, of what the Warriors are trying to accomplish in terms of winning a championship with this core group and at the same time developing these young players, where does that come from? Why, why has it been so difficult to choose one path or the other? Well, the the guy that pulls the you know most powerful lever in the organization, Joe Lacob, does, and he's he stated this publicly. He's been pretty transparent about this. He does not want an extended rebuilding period. He has referenced the Lakers from you know basically post Kobe era. They had like six straight years out of the playoffs. He's like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Uh, he has built this sparkling arena, Chase Center, which sounds like you were in last night, which is a very nice arena. He does. He wants at least relevant teams within that. Um, so he's trying to plan for the post Steph Curry era. Um, but Steph Curry doesn't want to plan for the post Steph Curry era and has proven last season that they can still win a title. They did win a title. You could see them contending for a title this season, but they've added even more youth onto the roster this season. They got, they bought a second round pick. They took a guy 28th overall, mostly just project type players. And in a lot of ways that's weighing down the current roster. And that's where I think just like this tug of war um, is, is, is coming to a head in a lot of ways. Is the tug All of right, war primarily between, yeah. is, is the tug of war primarily between Myers and Lakeup or are there other parties you know, that think, are involved in that? Yeah, I think it's, 
there's a lot of parties. <laughs> you know, the one thing about the Warriors <laughs> is there's a lot of powerful people within the Warriors. The players hold a lot of power within the Warriors. And, I, you know, I'm talking Steph, but I'm Draymond Green, you know, a powerful personality. Andre Iguodala, he's played three games this season, but he carries, you know, weight in the organization. Steve Kerr, outspoken coach. Myers and a large front office, which includes two of Joe Lacob's sons. And then Joe, who's very <laughs> out there as an owner. You know, you'd almost compare him you know, Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban, like that right. level of just like, you know, front facing and there's just motives everywhere. And I think, you know, like Bob has, has made some of these draft picks and I think Bob has somewhat agreed, Hey, if we're using these draft picks, like we need to go swinging high upside, like, you know, number two overall pick go for a, you know, high level talent instead of just like a 22 year old that can help. Now Kaminga actually looks like a very good pick. I'm sure you saw him last night looking pretty good. So, um, you know, but I think the big thing is when they really put this plan into place uh, was a few years ago, they had just gone 15 and 50. They were the worst team in the league, right. got Wiseman. And even the next season, they didn't make the playoffs. They were playing. There was a lot of doubt that they could ever get back here. And so they put the plan in place. Right. Like, look, this era might be kind of dying. So let's get all these picks for the next era. And then Steph, Draymond, Clay proved, no, we can still win now. And that's where it's been like, uh, it's kind of hard to pivot off something that, you know, like they, they honestly didn't believe they were going to win the title. Agreed. You know, Agreed. Hey, 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 Jim, I'm looking at, uh, we, we had a text chain going last night and I'm looking at, uh, it was a passage from the piece and I told uh, Gary and Natalie, uh, Anthony, I said, this is one of my favorite passages. I said, one has to wonder how the face of the franchise, somebody Steph Curry, would respond to losing the face of the front office whose signature moves for Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant, and Andrew Wiggins were pivotal to winning rings. And I just like the way that was really, you really set it up nicely there. Like, okay, there's this, there's this parallel thing here, this tension going back and forth between this camp and that camp, all under the Warriors umbrella. And what really blew my mind, though, was seeing that Joe Lacob studies the draft, weighs in on personnel decisions. <laughs> I just don't like this. I don't like, I think there's an art to it. And I understand you spend a lot of money on a franchise. And you're like, well, it's mine. So don't tell me I can't do this. Eh, eh, but that model, that model doesn't tend to work. What I'm getting at is this. Let's get, I'm not trying to mess up your access and, 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 and your media privileges here. Uh, Anthony is Joe Lacob. Is he doing too much as an owner? Well, is he I'd say this about Joe Lacob. He, he came in, he, he, he bought the team. He, so he buys the team from, you know, Cohan, who is, as I'm sure Jim knows, like was a horrible owner. I mean, like had, had run the, the Warriors into the ground. And he gets there and he makes a very controversial trade at the time, trading Monte Ellis to Milwaukee to get Andrew Bogut. And he was booed relentlessly in Oracle Arena, like his first real public appearance. And he was adamant then that like, look, I'm coming to change the culture and I'm going to like, we're going to be a sparkling brand franchise. We're going to build, a, you know, this, this grand palace and we're going to win a bunch of titles. And that seemed absurd at the time. And he's been proven correctly. Like it is so hard to build the building in, in San Francisco that they did. So uh -huh. he has in his life always, you know, any, like what we're all saying and crit critiquing him, I think rightly for in a lot of ways, he's always like proved people wrong. And like, look, you said I couldn't, you know, 
turn the warriors into a dynasty and build this, you know, palace. And I did. So I think part of him right now, he's just had, like, he just has such an ambitious approach of like, no, I will contend forever. And history says, no, like you're going to have to go through a rebuilding period. You can't just draft the next Steph clay Draymond. They don't exist. They're unique people and, and figures, yeah. but he thinks he can. Well, but I'm, but, I, mean, I, I get that part. What I'm saying is why him? I mean, like if you got Bob Myers, is he, is he essentially, is he trying to be Bob? I, I got that he has his vision. Good for him. A lot of business people are like that. You said I can't do it. I did it. Look, I, I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps. Blah blah blah. We got it. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is he getting in the way of the general manager? Is that the problematic piece here that Joe Lacob is trying to be the executive of the year and not the owner of the year? Yeah. Um. I think that. They are like somewhat collaborative in the sense of like, hey, we are using the second overall pick. We're not trading it for future assets to help now. Like we need to build for the future. Let's go to our big scouting department. They have a very large scouting department and and Bob's involved. And I do think like a lot of the actual draft picks were pretty, uh, you know, consensus, but it's more vision, you know, vision of like, you know, not to move off the young guys, not to move off this next era uh, that, you know, he's just he also like the guy just loves basketball uh he plays it a lot uh you know like i said dra- he's in these draft workouts which is very rare and it's just you know he has his opinions and i mean like jim you were talking about some of the nfl owners earlier like they can they're their own bosses they can, if 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 they yeah. want to be heavily involved it's part of why they spent so much money on the team and it's tough to say no you can't be as we said as, as- Michael and I have talked about Marty Schottenheimer used to say ownership has its privileges, but, but here's my thing. If you want to go down that track that you're going to use these draft picks on these young players and whatnot, the only way players develop is by playing. And the reality is Steve is not playing these young guys, you know, the minutes that are required for them to develop. And that's why I say that this organization, something has to come to a head and if you're not all pulling in the same direction, you don't have a chance. And look, I'm the big Michael knows this. I'm the biggest warrior honk one of them out there. I uh, mean, maybe behind that, maybe behind Natalie. And what I saw last night and what I have seen this season, and it pains me to say it, they're not winning a title this year with the way that this is going. They're not. The chemistry is not right. The roles are not right. And when you have this sort of division about what direction are we are we going? You got to be all in. You can't. You can't have you dip your toe in the water, you know, and say, basically, you know, we're going to try something out. You got to be all in on what you're doing. And you see the frustration from Steph last night, even, you know, with yeah, the ejection. Why? Sure. Because they keep making the same mistakes in the press conference after the game. What Steve Kerr say when he's asked about turnovers? Yeah, we bring the guys in and practice. We watch film. We go over it. We talk about it, and then we go out and do it again. And then we go and we watch film and we talk about what not to do and what not and, and what. We go out and we do it again. It, this team just doesn't feel right. And this story, which was, again, phenomenal, I would recommend everyone read it, um, I think highlights some of why this just doesn't feel like previous years with this club. And, and yeah. maybe you think I'm wrong, but that, that's just what I feel. No, I agree. Look, they're 24 and 24. 48 games is a large sample in the NBA. Um, and it surprised some people. You know, if you if you go back to the summer, 
So they just won the title, which gives you, you know, an extra, you know, I guess, level of confidence in, in your processes and everything. Their belief was like, look, you know, Moses Moody's ready. Jonathan Kaminga's is ready. Yeah. Wiseman is good enough to be a backup center. You know, maybe there'll be some bumps early on, but like we'll come back. And, you know, their belief was like, it's a more talented roster. You know, the auto Porter may have helped win a title more than a Kaminga or a Wiseman could have, but the upside is there. And, and, they just, I think, have been surprised by the lack of development. Um, and, and, you know, so honestly, I, when they went three and seven early in the season and, and had some really bad losses, that just like rocked everything because suddenly they're 10 games into an 82 game season, which they usually take almost like an 82 game preseason. And suddenly Steph Curry's like, well, no, we need, we need to win tomorrow night. Like, which means that two way player over there that's 24 years old, he needs to play over the 20 year old that you pick second overall. And that's where it just like, I, to me, that's where it started kind of going haywire. Well, what, well, what struck me uh, real quick I, about last night, what struck me real quick about last night, think about this. Steph Curry used the word desperate, that they were desperate for a win last night. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even got to the all star break. And he's saying desperate, not because they're playing Memphis which obviously is an up-and-coming team and a threat in the West, but because they can't get their stuff right, you know? Yeah. So when I heard well, that, and you hear Clay say the same thing, it's a big game because we got to get right. I'm like, man, this is not good. Well, the, I'll the tell one you, thing that's not is, good. Go, yeah. go, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the... If you talk to people, you know, the major figures, you know, about bigger picture views of this, it's like, it was like dynasties always end number one and dynasties always end ugly. Like the Bulls one did, you know, the Lakers one did Shaq Kobe, like breaking up is hard. Right. Um, and there was always going to be an end. And honestly, it is extended longer than most people predicted, including themselves in some ways, maybe not Steph, Clay and Draymond, but, um, and, and you're just, I think you're seeing the, you know, the early writing the early story of of how it kind of you know kind of started to dissipate and and part of that is just it's obvious like clashing of motives you know it's it's just like do we care about all we're all in on this season or do four seasons from now matter well that just depends on who you ask in the organization and whereas three years ago four years ago everyone was all in on the now because they were all in their prime and they were all winning and durant was around like you know this was bound to happen is what a lot of people will say well, Anthony, uh, thank, thanks for thanks for I know Jim. But <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate you. Great work on this with the athletic. That's one. Absolutely. Two. That ejection last night was BS. He shouldn't have been ejected. Uh, context matters, no. officials. No, not true. And, not true. Uh, no, yeah, not he shouldn't have been ejected. And yes, three. I'll tell you what is true. I'll tell you what's true, Jim and Anthony. If the Warriors played a round robin with Memphis and Boston, they would win the title. <laughs> They're a different team against oh, those teams. They play them. They actually make sense against the Grizzlies and Celtics. When they got to have it, they usually get it against them. I don't know. Everybody else on the road, not so much. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now, y'all, I put it in my feed that I need some prayer. And you gotta be, you gotta be honest enough with yourself to know when you need God. I need God. I need help. I need to be saved from myself because here we are. We got Brock Purdy going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles on Sunday for the right to go to the Super Bowl. And somebody, I don't know who, somebody tried to tell me last week. Somebody said last week, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Dak Prescott. Uh, somebody tried to tell me you're putting too much faith in Dak Prescott. You need to put your faith in the Lord, not Dak Prescott. <laughs> That's a Rita. The NFL chick tried to tell me. She tried to set me straight. And Rita, I'm sorry I didn't listen. I will listen to you today. You are on the floor is yours. How do you see? How do you see Philadelphia? I like it. I like glasses. I like that. How how do you see uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco uh, playing out on Sunday? Uh, this is going to be fun, right? I mean, both defenses are really good. Um, you know, both teams, they know how to run the football, but then they also have dynamic guys on the outside. They like to use their tight ends. I mean, I'm really going back and forth on who I think can win because I can make – I can make a case for both teams, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts has been exceptional since um, they brought A.J. Brown in. And that defense, like I said, has played really, really well. But then also we know San Francisco has the number one defense in the league. And Brock Purdy, I mean, we keep saying Brock Purdy, but I I really feel like Kyle Shanahan is the, the puppet master behind all of this. Because, you know, when you have guys like a Christian McCaffrey, like a Debo and, and a George Kittle, and that, that catch that he had was amazing. Them, by the way, uh, you can look, you just need a you just need to not mess it up. Don't mess it up and you're going to be good to go. And so I, I really don't know. I think if you have to ask me today, I'd yes. say Philly, but I don't feel confident about saying that. Like I, tomorrow, I'm probably going to say, you know, San Francisco can give me a reason to say they're going to do it too. But I just don't want to take away what Philadelphia has done all season. You know, I, I just really feel like that they've just been on a tear. Obviously, it, hopefully Jalen Hurts is still good enough and well enough to play because we know he's dealing with that shoulder issue. But I, I just really like what they're doing right now. So I, I think the birdie train stops. In Philadelphia, that crowd is going to be amazing. It's going to be wild. But I think it's going to be another close game like we saw on Sunday. 
I agree with you 100%. Isn't that the beauty of the playoffs where you just can't make up your mind about which team is going to win because these teams are so good and so competitive? The thing I will say to you about Purdy, to me, um, I was at both playoff games, you know, that he's played thus far. And last week, obviously, Dallas's defense did a tremendous job. And he did not have one of his better games. But the beauty of what Purdy does in that game is he protects the football. And in Kyle Shanahan's offense, as Rita was just talking about, they're asking him only to make a certain number of plays to win the game. And the throw to Kittle obviously was one of those plays. Short of that, what did he do that Dak didn't? He protected the football. And so for me, I tend to lean towards San Francisco from that standpoint. Defensively, they're great. Offensively, they don't beat themselves. And two, I have some real concerns about the health of Lane Johnson. You know, and I know he gutted it out last game, but man, that's a tough injury to play through, especially when you're talking about playing the number one defense in the NFL. So um, if I were choosing one leaning one way, Reed, I think I would lean San Francisco. And I think that's fair, right? I think that the team that makes the less mistakes somehow finds a way to win this game. Um, And that was my concern last week when I talked to Holly. I, I really felt like, you know, Dak is a guy that, I I love the way he plays, but sometimes, you know, he just... Oh, he just overdoes himself. He just overthinks himself mm-hmm. or tries to make a play that really isn't there. Because I really felt like Dallas played well enough to win and that they should have won. Oh, because no that question. Second, yeah. That second pick in the, in the red zone was, I mean, obviously crucial oh. when you think about it. But, I oh. mean, ultimately, it, it really boils down to who's going to make the less mistakes. And I, I agree, Jim, that, I mean, like, San Francisco has given you every reason to believe that they're going to be the team that's less mistakes because Brock Purdy has done just that. He's played. And even though, look, there were some plays that Dallas didn't capitalize on last week because it, it should have been some turnovers. It just didn't happen. But ultimately, I just really feel like they do play safe football. So that's why I'm saying I can make a case for either one. And I mean, you yeah. do make a valid point about Lane Johnson. I didn't even really think about it like that. But I mean, every day I go back and forth. Like, And like you said, that's the beauty of it all. <laughs> I feel like these teams are very well matched. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a blowout in any type of form like we saw in the Philadelphia Giants game. So this should be really fun to see how, how this goes. But I think you're right. The team that makes the be- the least mistakes, I think, finds a way to win this game. Yeah, see, I, I'm too – I really – I'm too invested. I'm so emotional about it that hey, – why are you probably, emotional I can't, about it? I, yeah, because I it's, – it's so much tied up. It's not just a game. It's not just a game for me. It's, okay. It's the it's the way it's the narratives. I'm just really upset with narratives, and and the Kyle Shanahan the Kyle the Kyle the the Kyle Shanahan love is out of control. The Brock Purdy <laughs> thing is out of control, and I'm so against it. I am so I'm I'm claiming I grew up in Akron, Ohio, but I'm going to claim this week I grew up in South Philly, North Philly. I'll say I'll go Delaware, Jersey, Camden, whatever, Allentown. I'm claiming the whole area. I'm claiming the whole area because I want Philly to win so desperately. I don't want to deal with the 49ers and the Shanahan sycophants in the Super Bowl. I'm going to Arizona, Jim. What's your issue with Shanahan? What's your issue with Shanahan? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Were you like hey, this in 2001 I, it, when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady was doing this? 
Well, oh, but they weren't getting that oh, love either. Oh. They're, no, they're, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was making money off of it. <laughs> yes, yes, you were. Thank you. Thank okay, you. But, but, but listen, listen. They weren't, they were underdogs. Nobody said, oh, nobody was calling Bill Belichick a head coach genius in 2001. They did after, but no, he wasn't annoying it before he won the Super Bowl. He was as a D coordinator, but not as a head coach. Go back and look it up. They were underdogs. They were embraceable. They were, they were 14 point. So, oh, hold on, hold on. They were 14 point underdogs right. in 2001. Right. 14 point right. dogs. Right. Right. Okay. So nobody so who said, is a, who oh. Is, who is anointing Kyle Shanahan as a great head coach? That's what I want to know. People, you people. Yeah. You people. No, 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 no. National. No. National. Oh, go look at If I do a search, <laughs> if I put a, if I do a Google, if I Google Kyle Shanahan right now, I, you know what will come up? Roses will come out of my phone. They'll just like roses will explode out as of my a, phone. As, for as, Kyle a Shanahan. as a play designer, as a play designer. And play oh, here caller, come on, come on. Kyle this Shanahan right is among the best in the league. That is different from saying he is a great head coach. So, I, some reason you got something against Kyle, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but you cannot deny that this man is truly one of the best play designers and play callers in the NFL. You can't. You can't okay. deny that, Michael. Okay. I don't have anything against. Are you? Him. No, no, no. Let I me ask I may, you. Are you? I, think I, are I may you have an anti. That? Maybe I'm against the media. Are you maybe denying I'm against that? the media. I just are you don't denying like that? that over that he's what? No, no. Answer my question. Are you denying What's that he question? is one of the best play designers and play callers in the NFL? Do you deny that? Sure, I don't deny it. No. Okay. Okay. But all right. But that's I just not, want to be clear. But that's not. But but that's not how he's described. He's okay, not described you, that you way. You have to look at it like this, too, right? I mean, he's on his third quarterback he, that they got in the sixth round, right? Like, you lose Trey Lance really seven. early. Seventh. I think a lot of. Seventh. Uh, oh, excuse me, seventh. I apologize. Seven. Seventh round. Um, you got Jimmy G came back, and I think, you know, there was a lot of. There's a lot of inconsistencies on how we feel about Jimmy G. Do we really like Jimmy G? Is he consistent enough to win football games? And somehow he retooled that offense to where Jimmy G made few mistakes, I feel. I feel like he he did some things. He allowed some shorter passes, things that just weren't as risky as we've seen before. Then you add some talent to help him out because – he is a little consistent at times. So when you add Christian McCaffrey, it obviously helps you out because he's another yak guy. And then he goes down. And then you bring in the seventh round guy that, you know, at Iowa State, he wasn't really lighting things up. And then they just yeah. been on a roll. I, I mean, you've got to give somebody some credit. So I, get, I will. Giving, I will. Are we giving John Lynch the hey, credit listen. for the players? Like, what are we doing here? Hey, hey, Rita, 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 I'll do that. As we say in Philly, let's talk about that other John. Let's talk about the other John. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Um, who do you like there and why? It pains me to say it. Um, I think I like the Bengals. And I say it pains me to say it because obviously uh cover the Ravens here. So um look, I, I seen Patrick Mahomes as a full participant in practice miraculously. I watched the video of him walking away from the podium. I don't know what he got in his blood. But apparently he got some Superman powers in him because I don't know how anybody's able to do any of this stuff with a high ankle sprain. 
But um, it does give me hope because we know that Patrick Mahomes really uses his legs a lot to keep plays alive. But I just really feel like that this team for the Bengals just, is just really good overall. Their defense is, is good and, and is underrated to me as the other teams that we've been talking about um, in San Francisco and Philly. And then we know that that offense is just really good. You try to play zone, they're going to they're gonna beat you there. You try to play man, yeah, they're going to beat you downfield. Oh, yeah, and they can run the ball. So I just, I don't know how Kansas City is going to be able to stop this unless they continue to keep the ball on the field. Well, they don't really run the ball a whole lot. So time of possession is a thing here. So I just really don't know how you get Kansas City to keep Cincinnati off the field. And that's my problem. And I, I just see Kansas, I just see Kansas City lose, like unfortunately. It. Jim, as the, as, the, as the clock winds down, Jim, who you got? Cincinnati. Look, they've beaten them three times in the last year plus with a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Now Patrick is not healthy. And I'm so glad Rita brought up the Bengals defense because it deserves more love than it is getting. Lou Amarillo has done a tremendous job with that unit. Rita, and you deserve the love. Thanks Thanks for blessing us. Come back now. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Rita. Take care of yourself. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Jim Trotter, uh, simple question for you. How'd you play today? Not too bad. I mean, I haven't played since August, so got to get my rhythm. Got to get my rhythm. Oh, oh, excuses. I hear excuses already. You didn't play that well. (laughs) I said I played all right. Oh, you, you tell me last time you played. Excuses. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.